Thursday, August 10th, marks the 27th day of the SAG-AFTRA strike, which began 73 days after the Writers Guild of America took to the picket line on May 2nd, 2023. The striking actors, many of whom typically hold background roles, are looking for an increase of contributions to their benefit plans to protect members from demanding self-taped auditions and an erosion of income due to inflation and reduced residuals, and to prevent unregulated use of generative AI. Actor Shainu Bala has been in the industry for over 10 years, with roles in hit series like Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and is currently striking alongside the Screen Actors Guild. I got to speak with him this morning about his experience striking and how he hopes the acting industry will evolve to better protect creatives. Okay, hello. Can you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us where you're based? Uh, this, this, is my, uh, this is my acting slate. Hi, my name is Shainu Bala. I am 5'11", and I'm currently in Los Angeles, California. Okay, perfect. So we are nearly a month into the SAG after strike. Can you tell me about your experience striking as a union member? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. When it when the strike first happened, obviously we were. I was definitely on the picket lines with the WGA members before uh, SAG had struck uh, had gone on strike. Um, but when the when WGA went out first and some of the actors joined them, it was very emotional. You know, you understand, like, I guess when you're striking, you're picketing or you're marching in any form of protest, it's very, you know, the emotions run high. You, a lot of people come together to fight for the same cause. It's, you know, it's very powerful. So, like, you feel that energy and you feed it off of it and it kind of perpetuates people's, you know, want to, like, fix this issue that's going on in our industry. So after a SAG had uh, gone on strike, uh, a lot more actors had hit the picket lines. Um, so there was a ton more people out there and it got much more busier. And um, obviously SAG is a much bigger union and have, um, you know, more members. So it makes sense that there's more people out there, but it's, it's awesome. I mean, picketing right now as an actor is like, you're either meeting up with friends acting friends or writing friends and you're just catching up as you're just on strike walking back and forth in front of these studios um so i guess for me it's a time to catch up with acting and industry related friends and relationships that i have and then also like you know meeting more new people more new creative people that you know kind of share the same passion as you and so it's easy to relate to people um but yeah i guess that's been that's been the experience so far so you worked on quite a few notable shows like Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, and Agents mm -hmm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. Are there any realities of being an actor that people who don't work in the industry wouldn't be aware of? Yeah. Um, not everybody gets paid the big bucks, you know. Um, not everybody ha uh, has life taken care of for them, you know. Ha not everybody has a team of people that are you know scheduling their days and getting them coffees and you know booking spa days and whatnot um it's not a luxurious thing i mean obviously you got to really love the art to want to pursue it um because if you're in it for the fame and the fortune uh you'll get washed out really quick um but as far as what you don't know is that the contracts that you get as an actor are really normally not as much as you think. Um, they're 
pretty small. Even the residual checks, they're good for a little bit. And then after that, the numbers, the amount starts to decrease based on, you know, viewers and, and how much they're being watched and rerun and all that stuff. But being an actor is tough. I mean, you, you'd barely get work when you get work. It, it pays for maybe a month, two months of, uh, of expenses, depending on how you live. And then after that, you're back on the grind again. So, you know, it's all being an actor is going to be more of like, having a career in something else before these kind of things pop off for yourself but <clears throat> that doesn't say you know you i'm not telling you you shouldn't put all your eggs in this basket i mean you can and still make a living off of it in different ways but you know the focus it tends to like drift away for people who don't see that this career they don't see the career in this in acting it's like if you can see through your goals like you want to be in a movie you want to be in a show but you see past that you know you want to be a showrunner you want to be a producer you want to you want to be the names at the top of the list you know that are creating things it's like if you see that then you understand that it's going to be a long journey to get there and that just getting on a show and working and getting credits and getting that experience is just small little stepping stones to that bigger picture, as opposed to, I want to be the best actor. I mean, I want to be the most well-known actor on everything, working all the shows. It's like, that's a different focus that, you know, that doesn't always have a lot of like, a, like a ladder to climb you know what i mean it's like you're auditioning you're doing the same things over and over again to build credits on your resume until somebody says hey look this person has a ton of experience we can give them a much bigger role now because we see that you know they're capable of handling that does that make sense yeah definitely um and if you were like a background actor on a pretty well-known show and you were in it for one or two episodes do you know like what that amount of pay would typically look like? Yeah, so background actors only get paid for the day, uh, and it depends. If you're a Screen Actors Guild, uh, if you're uh, if you're a SAG member, then you get the SAG background rates, which I think is like a minimum of like four hundred and fifty something per day. Uh, it's like four hundred dollars a day, and that's like I think it's like eight to ten hours or something your day, and then after that, there's going to be overtime. But that's you're in the union and you're doing background. So the union's actually taking care of you while you're doing these background gigs. Now, if you're doing non-union background gigs, they can go anywhere from like, I don't know, like no pay to like a hundred bucks for the day. And also background work, you don't get any residuals. So you're not going to, even if you see your face for a second, you won't see, you won't see any checks for it. But commercials is different. If I, if you can catch a glimpse of my face on a commercial and it's clear, then you're entitled to the uh, the rerun the um, the residuals that come with the with commercial pay, but commercial is completely different than what we're striking for. So you've been working in the industry since 2008 ish. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the industry has kind of changed to revolve more and more around streaming services, like you mentioned. Um, have you noticed any differences in contracts or pay than you may have seen earlier in your career? Yeah. So, um, okay. So the way I best, uh, I can best put this is like, do you, do you know, do you know the AMPT and the unions affiliated, uh, how that stuff works? Feel free to explain it. Okay, yeah. So I'm just going to give you the, the real basic briefing and then I'll go into it. So basically you have AMPT. Now AMPT is the affiliated organization that uh, that proctors for like 
Amazon, Apple, Netflix, uh, Paramount, Universal, all the big, big, big studio companies, they've come together and they've formed a coalition called AMPT. Now, AMPT basically has contracts uh, with the Screen Actors Guild, with the WGA, with the Directors Guild and all the other unions. And they that contract says, we will only use your union workers for our projects. But because we're using your union uh, workers, we're going to give you this much. And so that rate is negotiated. Now, once a contract gets locked in, those studio companies, they can't use any non-union workers. They have to use Screen Actor Guild uh, actors. They have to use WGA writers when they're staffing people for their shows and their movies. Every three years, a new contract gets renegotiated. Why? Because things need to be accounted for, such as inflation, um, things that happen on set, uh, work environment related issues, um, you know, that kind of stuff comes up in board director meetings for the unions that will eventually get, uh, you know, pushed into negotiations for the next renewal for the contracts. Now, what tends to happen is writers with, with, with production, your script is your first and foremost. That's your baby. That's the fetus and the sperm. That's what everything comes. That's where that breeds the life of the production. So without a good script, without a good writer, you really have nothing. So like writers tend to be the, like the creators, like the creative power. They normally have the biggest creative power. So like negotiating fair contracts for writers is very important, you know, and for screen actors guild, it's like writers are getting paid more than actors. And actors are not getting nearly as much as they should be for the roles that they're doing. You know, the idea is not like, what is everybody entitled to? The idea is like, let's create an industry that allows the people in the industry to live comfortably enough to be able to perpetuate more things, more content, create more to be, you know, active in the industry, right? That's why the union fights for us. So before the pandemic, before things started to go heavy with the streaming, contracts would be done through network studios. So basically how that would work is that whatever show, whatever movie they were uh, pitching, it would come with commercial um, uh, sales, right? So it would come with marketing uh, ploys. So uh, different companies would put their commercials in different shows to, you know, and those commercials uh, were the reasons why a lot of shows had commercial breaks, right? So the way writers would write was completely different. So writers would get in the room, they'd uh, pitch and they'd write the pilot, go shoot the pilot. And as the season is airing, they would keep writing it. Why? Because everybody's tuning in on Thursday night to watch Big Bang Theory. And what is their response online? We can we can adapt. We can see how the story is progressing. We can see where we want to take it. But after things turned into streaming, everything changed for the writers. Um, so writers now had to write the entire season all at once before they went into production and shoot it, right? There was no live feedback for the audience. So the way they got paid was different. So they got paid a lump sum for writing, but then all the residuals and the streaming sites, they wouldn't share how, man, how many people were uh, viewing their thing and how much they were generating off of these shows. We didn't, those numbers were like hidden because of like, different clauses being that it was online and it wasn't a, a you know, network studio playing or airing things on cable or whatever it was. So that changed the contracts for writers, uh, for actors generally stays the same. It's really just the rate in which we get, um, obviously when other, other union, um, like the writers guild and directors guild, they get normally like, you know, a 10 or 5% bump on their rates and whatever. So then we get that too. Um, 
we obviously want to fight for other things other than um, just our acting rate, right? Such as like, um, you know, health insurance and, and um, all that kind of stuff that, you know, actors depend on. Um, you know, a lot of actors, a lot of Screen Actors Guild members, they don't have insurance. And the only reason they can afford to have insurance is through the Actors Union, through Screen Actors Guild. And but even for that, you still need to qualify for the level of insurance you can get by how much you earn. Right. And that's not the same for everybody, because there are a lot of non-working actors who are screen actors uh, who are union members as well. Right. So there's a lot of that stuff that that needs to be addressed for sure. But um, as far as contracts, I mean, the residual amounts, they've changed. You know, obviously, streaming platforms have don't wish to disclose their internal information um you know how many people are watching it how uh, you know the ratings on a show and stuff like that so we are in the blind so we don't really know how much we can ask for entitlement wise so that's kind of like the thing on the docket right now are we're limited by how much we can ask because we don't know what they're generating off of these projects and what a fair um what a fair per percentage of residuals would be for actors um, but yeah. All right. And then looking through SAG-AFTRA's list of demands, like you said, the union's asking for earnings keep up with inflation and then also protection over their images and performances to prevent their placement of human technologies by right. AI. Is there a particular concern of the union that really resonates with you besides the streaming revenue situation? I mean, yeah, honestly, that AI thing is definitely a big one. Um, that's a huge one. That's probably at the top of the list, mostly because like back before, before the last the last strike that happened, it was when streaming was just starting out. Right. So streaming was just starting out, but we wanted to bring it up. Right. So we had we, we wanted to negotiate different, um, you know, clauses to help get paid better because it's streaming and it's online it's not on network so therefore we had already come out and said hey you know the streaming thing it's going to become a thing so let's address it now before before you start you start screwing us over for you know keeping all of this money and stuff on your half on your um on your side and not paying us what we are owed so that was a thing that we were fighting for early on and look at where we are today right so Streaming has become pretty much the number one source for a lot of people watching their shows and their movies. So it's gone beyond the scope of what we imagined it was going to be back then. And in the same regards, this AI is definitely in that. Like right now, AI may not be as, uh, you know, um, equipped to put on a whole, make a whole movie by itself. Right. But, you know, five, 10 years down the line, you know, that is very much possible. You know, AI gets smarter with, uh, you know, every day. So eventually it will get to that point. And that's what we want to, we want to prevent. We want to prevent, you know, AI taking away the creative power of the people, because what AI does is it really just rips off what's already been created by people. Right. Um, and then it just takes what's there and then makes its own version of what's already there. But what we have is something much more deeper. It's, it's profound. It's, you know, it can't be, it can't be, it's original, you know, um, AI is original, but it's not because it's always just an interpretation of what's already out there, which I guess, you know, over time it'll get much better, but you know, if it's going to get to that point, like, you know, 
we need to protect our uh, our people and you know the work that we get and people getting paid to you know protect their families and live a life and do things you know definitely and those are all my questions for the interview is there anything you'd like to add or touch on um not really i mean uh, you know it's one of those things where it's like you know um i'm always open to talk about these things it's like what do we do what do we do you know um and there's not much we can do it's not like we we are asking for donate i mean you can do donate actually if there's anybody out there who wishes to donate please donate to the screen actors guild foundation or the wga because those people who are out of work right now uh they rely on you know things like uh, unemployment right now and things like that so um, if you can donate, that'd be awesome. Those people will really appreciate it. Um, but other than that, like, you know, you want like, you know, support, you know, support your creative partners. You know, I think the big fight here is money versus creativity. Uh, that's the big message here. Right. So I think those who are at power on the other side, who hold all the money, um, they're not the creatives. They're not the people that are, you know, uh, connecting with the audience, connecting with the listeners, the viewers, all the people out there, those people, you know, we rely on the creatives to create that connection. And without the connection, there is no money in the first place. So, um, so like, you know, it's, it's always creativity first, you know, support your creatives, you know, don't, don't do it for the money, you know, um, make the money, but don't let the money make you. As the strike marches on, talks between striking actors, writers, and their television and film production employers remain unsuccessful. The strike is estimated to last months. With KCSB News, I'm Zoha Malik.